Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church, where we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Brooke. I'm one of the pastors here at Colonial, and I have some buddies along with me today. My name is Tanner. Hello, Tanner. And I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Good and glad to be here. Yeah, I feel it's like the thing I have to say is I'm glad to be here. Yeah, you're excited to be here. Usually, usually excited. That's, That's okay. true. We also have the man, the myth, the legend, the Mr. Eeyore voice himself. <laughs> Good morning. There it is. Yeah, yeah. There it is. We got Lauren with us as well. Hey, post-Easter, that's so fitting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little wiped out after yesterday. That's right. But you should be excited, right? You should be excited. There is quite a big basketball game coming up. You have no... You know what? You just woke me up. Uh, I am so excited. There he is. I don't know if any of our listeners care about March Madness or college basketball. It's not the Easter thing that got them excited. No, no, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, no. It's Baylor's Zags tonight. Oh, uh, and you know what? If you'd asked me, I got to get this off my chest. If you'd asked me just a few days ago, I would have told you that we were going to get rolled in the title game against Gonzaga because they look unbeatable. Yeah, they have looked very and good. And then we looked unbeatable yeah. on Saturday. And, and they squeaked. The Zags squeaked, squeaked by. by. And so I just have this false hope. Vegas odds are four and a half points Gonzaga. That's close. And I am a nervous wreck. Well, I, so, I was I was looking. Awesome. I realized I, I haven't watched much Baylor, but I didn't watch much basketball this year because it's chaos, whatever. Um, but, and OU had a good, t- and good o- team. I watched I'm, several. I'm I watched several. It's, it's it. not true. I watched several OU games. I didn't watch a whole bunch of other things, but I watched several OU games. But uh, because you, you have to take advantage of the few years that we, you got to take advantage of the Trey Young and the yeah and, yeah, and, yeah. and the, you know the Blake Griffin years. Yeah, it's like okay, hey hey, we're really good, awesome. Yeah. We oh, go, I love it. And then we, we go don't watch Wayman it Tisdale. Is that way before your we time? could totally go Wayman Tisdale. We could do that. We could go Buddy Healed too, but that's not old. Ooh, so uh, what was it, Stacy King? How far back you want to go? Okay, okay, um, I just you know, so we can go Bulls. That's fine. Um, but so I didn't watch very much. So I was going back and I was looking at, okay, well, I wonder like, what did, what, you know, what does the Baylor schedule look like? And what did the, uh, what did the Gonzaga schedule yeah, look like? Yeah, as far like? as who they played. Gonzaga what, yeah. didn't play anybody. Night and day. They played literally like a couple of ranked teams and that was it. I know. And Baylor has played a ton of teams, <laughs> ton but of I was teams. also realizing that this is the match that was supposed to happen in December, early earlier, December. earlier in the year, Gonzaga and, and Baylor canceled. were supposed to play. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't. It, it got. I assume COVID. And and you right? know what? I think that would have been a great game. And Baylor might have even uh, won that one just because Gonzaga hadn't played anybody. Now I'm I'm nervous. I think I think Gonzaga <laughs> brings their A game. I think Baylor brings their A game too. It should be a good game. Well, and they always talk about they always talk about the uh, what's the, the 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 emotional hangover of the yeah. of of a a huge win like that at, at the, the buzzer. buzzer. Yeah, you oh, know. Yeah. So yeah. so who knows? But uh, I figured I figured that might wake you up a little bit if we oh, talk about man. your It'd be a good game. about your sickum bears. Yes, sickum. Well, I'm, I'm having about, uh, what is it, Tanner, about 20 people over to my house tonight. Yeah. Because Tanner, is as our worship pastor, is leading our worship school. Sweet. And it just happens to be the night that the Joneses are hosting. Ouch. And so I am swearing uh, all 20 ouch. of them to secrecy, and I'm <laughs> turning off my phone. So I should, I should send you text messages. You can send as much text as you want, uh-huh. and I will be... You're really going to ignore me dark. all that time? Oh, I, w- I won't even have my phone on. Okay. Like, you'll uh-huh. have to send a carrier uh-huh. pigeon. Mm-hmm. 
to my house to get through. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch the game from my phone outside your door and just yell the whole time. You can like, do that. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah, that's right. Did yeah. you see that? Hey Brooke, that's yeah. not love. That's, that's not, not love. love. It's love in my world. It, if, <laughs> if Brooke's doing that to you, it's love. Uh, our family always. Yeah. We always said that if if you if you came to something with our family and you didn't get picked on, then we were not sure about you. <laughs> That once you were at the level, and it was like, we, yeah. we, you know, when my wife, like when we got engaged and she started like spending time with my family, it was like, wow, this is, this is kind of, kind of rough. And I was like, no, that means, that means you're That's accepted good. and you're in late. Like they feel like you're a part of the oh, yeah. team now. That means you know? you're good. Yeah. It's a good so, sign. Yeah. That's good. Well, so last week we talked about uh, our th- our five voices. I almost yeah. said three voices, like we only have three. I don't know, oh, yeah. I don't know why, because there's three of us. But so our five voices, yeah. you were not here with us, Lauren. So Tanner and I talked with Jordan last week, and we talked about our five voices. And I didn't want to just bl- blaze past this, because you weren't here. Yeah, right. And since you're on yeah. all the time with yeah, us, yeah, yeah. that I figured it would be good to talk about your voices as well. So Tanner, yours are, remind us, you're a, a nurturer, nurturer connector. connector. So we talk about like the first two voices, right? like your, your first voice is your primary voice and then your second voice really is like the complementary like right. it's it's a mode of operation i guess complementary um, huh yeah That's ooh, a, I don't a little know. different can of worms well, let's don't what's go your there. so what's your uh, what's your what's your worst one which one do you suck at uh, guardian your guard your guardian okay yeah so i'm That's a, like that's the that's the least uh, yeah i can't do it I am a uh, I'm a creative pioneer, right? And specifically, and a creative thinking, a cr- creative thinking pioneer, pioneer right. right? So, uh, so the feelings are not involved. I'm thinking of it like from like we can find some other options. Like, sure, let's find another one and let's right. go try that. And I don't yeah. really care if that hurts your feelings. We're gonna try a different one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and because my last voice, my the one I suck at is the nurturer. Yeah. And. So, I am shocked. I know we are all just. Yeah, this is brand new information. <laughs> oh my lord! What? So so, but yeah, but it helps. It helps you guys. I would assume. Yeah. To understand that I'm not trying to just run over your feelings because I no, don't yeah, care. Yeah. But I don't care. But this is why you want to stand outside my window and shout exactly. shout it's, updates it's, on the games I'm not able to watch. So much fun. I wouldn't say scores. Like I wouldn't tell you what the scores are. Like I would. T- it's just fun to be like, oh my gosh, are you watching this game? Because uh-huh. then you're yeah. like panicking because. But I DVR'd it. Did the DVR work? Like I gotta make sure everything's okay. You know. Yeah. It's just fun. It's just fun. So what? What are your what, voices? Yeah. What's your voice? Well, for, first, first, I will say I really enjoyed. I got I got to listen to the podcast last week when I was out of town, and I really enjoyed you guys and Jordan talking through the five voices. I'm glad we're bringing that up for our listeners, mm-hmm. and I love that you pointed them to. Is it fivevoices.com? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. It's five voices. The number five. Five. Voices, the number five. Voices.com. Voices. I, I bet it's if you free. I bet if you just googled it, like you'd go right. Yeah, to it's it, free. So. It doesn't take too long, and it has been to me the most beneficial assessment I've done with our team. Yeah, for sure. I've experienced for me. Um, I love that Jordan was really frank about how radically different, for example, I am than both Ron and Jordan. Right. Uh, and so it just, it helps us understand each other better yeah. and be more gracious, I think, with each yeah. other and try to speak each other's languages at times. Well, well as a I- staff person, as a staff person watching the ELT, uh, you, uh, Jordan, and Ron being part of that team, watching you guys better relate to each other because of mm, just yeah. the knowledge the five voices brings. That's encouraging. It, it helps. Yeah, it helps us. It helps us respond well to you know when Jordan le- leads a, a part of our staff meeting or a conversation or or you. Um, it helps us appropriately respond and understand where you're coming from. Right? Yeah, um, and I, I was talking to a um, a new pastor in town. Um, 
just just over the weekend and uh it was even to the point that i was like dude you should totally check this out like yeah yeah yeah. who knows whether or not this guy actually will but to me it was like this has been such a good thing for us Mm -hmm. like it's been so relatable for us and helped us be able to get through things understand where each other is coming from better um and, and even being able to say okay well i need to talk to this kind of a person so let me go get this person involved in whatever this is that i'm working through in my head or i'm talking through or i'm whiteboarding or whatever and so it was. It was to the point that I was like, "Dude, yeah, this is it's free, and you should totally check it out." Yeah, because I think it could really help. It's funny because Ron, <clears throat> Ron has said this to me several times. Like he knows, like when he calls me into a meeting, he's not going to start with the the item on the agenda. He's going to go, "So how's the family? How, How are we you? doing? Yeah, you know." How are you? And that's How are you I, today? I mean, I know that it sounds like such a simple you. thing, but like you don't. He, and he does it in such a way that you don't know that he's just pulling it off the playbook, you know? Right. It sounds so patronizing sounds so, from this top, from the, you know, from this way. Yeah. But it's not, it's like the way he does, it's, it's just like, um, he, gen, cause he does generally want to yeah, know about those things, but he knows like, you got to start there with me right. before we can get to business. Um, and that's not the way it is for him. Like if I go in and start with that, he's like, what are we talking about? Can we hang on? What? Can we just get to what we need to talk about? Right. Okay. Um, so not, not to hurt your feelings, but I got to cut go you ahead. off. So what are you? So give me your voices. Lord. I'm going to give you the slower version. Uh, these are based. The five voices are based on the Myers Briggs. There are 16 different personality types in the Myers Briggs because it's, right. it's four different mm-hmm. factors. I am just like Tanner on paper when it comes to the Myers Briggs. I'm an ENFP. Okay. Um, and to give you a quick picture, uh, Jordan extrovert, intuition, feeler. feeler. Perceiver. Perceiving. Okay. And Jordan and Ron, who I partner with on our mm-hmm. leadership team, are literally the opposite ISTJs. Yep. <laughs> Both <laughs> so that's one picture. Nice. Um, but then also, um, the way I'm a little different from Tanner is I'm not a nurturer connector. Those are not my two primary. Mine are, and they're, and they're really closely scored, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm a con- connector creative. So connector, creative, creative, nurture, you could argue. As it says, your nurturer close? It's close. Right? It's really close. All three of those are kind of top shelf. Um, And then guardian is my my worst as well, just like like Tanner said, Um, which means I'm not a details person. I'm not a process person. I'm a big picture, relational ideas guy. Um, But But pioneer is your fourth? Pioneer is my fourth. And, and I, well, I that ro- seems that seems like like that seems opposite to me that that you're a, a big picture. Well, pioneer or is, it, or is, not, is it pioneer's not big picture. It's it's the let's take the pioneer's let's take, let's the, next take the hill. Okay. Let's like let's yeah, no. okay okay yeah, yeah. yeah that, that that makes that makes a lot more sense. Entre- entrepreneurial yeah. aspects of right the right thinking. right yeah. I do easily get stuck in my okay. You said golf, so I'm gonna yeah. go make my golf score good. Yeah. Great. Now, what else are we doing now? You like, do like else. as a connector creative, uh-huh. you're like, oh yeah, I was talking to one of the pastors, new pastors in town, and I almost interrupted you. Like, yeah, what was his name? Is that the guy from First Presbyterian? Like, I need to meet him. Like, <laughs> that's how my brain works. Right. Is I want to connect people. Uh-huh. I I want to walk around the auditorium on a Sunday morning and meet people. Part of that's a little more extroverted, but part of that's just I'm relationally bent. You know, yeah, can you and stop you, doing that during the worship set? I mean, <laughs> Thanks, man. And and you, uh, yeah, you, yes, Brooke, me. are in the broadcast room, uh-huh. wanting to make sure everything's working. You know, uh-huh. you yeah, totally. Yeah, you don't have that bent. I'm going to go around and meet people. No, you know? I I don't have that. Like it literally, <laughs> like like we have talked about that before. Like, okay, well, we need to be like, you know, we need to go around and say hey to people. And I'm like, 
Do I have to? I'm going to go find some other stuff to do because <laughs> yeah. there's got to be something I can go this break and fix but here's, before, before here's I have where to we go like, say hi to people. Here's where we should land, though, with folks that are still learning about Five Voices or checking this out, is all these things are good. Right. Like, they're not good voice versus bad voice um, or, be, you know, stronger, you know, <laughs> right. in a good way. It, you need a team that really right. has complementary voices and can can work well together and I think this even applies to marriage. I mean, it's it's helped me and Carrie. Uh, we're just wired differently. Oh, dude, totally. You know? And yeah. so if we don't understand better how we give and receive information, then it makes marriage harder. So yeah, I'm glad you guys talked about it last night. I'm glad you brought it back up again today. I think anybody who wants to just relate better with the team they work with, right. with their spouse, maybe even with their kids as they mm-hmm. get bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Five Definitely. Voices is a phenomenal tool. And it's free. Fivevoices.com. I, I, you said this about kids, and, I, and I've thought about this a lot because going through, like, we've worked at multiple churches in the last, like, 15, 20 years or whatever. Right. I'm, I'm getting old. So um, maybe 15 years. And... And so we've thought about these things like, oh man, we need to figure out like what our kids are. Like what are my kids, what are my kids' scores on this thing? And then and then also come to a realization it's like, okay, maybe as they get older, we need to do that. Like it's good to kind of realize like how they do things, but also I don't want to like Yeah, you don't want to I don't want to pigeonhole them into like, well, this is the type of, of kid right. that this person is. So the only thing that they're ever going to be is this. And right. Well, and they're um, yeah, because they're still discovering who they are. Right. Right, and, process, I, and and it's yeah. it's interesting uh, to just to watch them, and you know, Lauren, you could probably speak to this better than me, but um, watching them and their personalities kind of change, mm-hmm. like right. where it's like, man, this was the kid that would make friends and everything, and now it's the kid that still totally makes friends, but she is not dominant in the conversation, and right, right, um, you know, she might be the host, and she always wants to be a part of it, right. but she's not the one that's not, you know. So, well, case in point, I'll give you one very clear example from my life is. I was super shy. This will this will be weird to anybody who comes to Colonial. I was super shy all the way through high school. Hmm. Like I did not talk to strangers. I did not <laughs> raise my hand in class. Yeah. Uh, if I'm in a group of six people, I'm the quietest person in the six people. Uh, sports helped with some of that, especially my junior senior year. But if you'd have told me then that I would regularly stand on a stage and talk to people, that I would teach, that I would do things like this podcast, I'd be like, you are nuts. You're <laughs> insane. And I think... I feel that. It doesn't change the way my brain works. I was still very much... I would watch. I was very observant. Mm-hmm. I would see the dynamic of people. I was always about relationships and big picture stuff. I just was coming into my own with confidence. Yeah. And so that's what I think applies to our kids yeah. is you couldn't have seen that in me early on, mm. right. I think. Um, and then, you know, that was, I left home at 18. I mean, at 23, 24, I'm working in a church and I'm leading families and kids and speaking in front of folks. And granted, I was terrified, but it was kind of a quick <laughs> catapult into that world, you know? So, and, and now my closest friends now, they think... There's no way you were ever shy. There's no way. Right. You're walking up to strangers asking awkward questions all the time, you know. So I was listening to a, I was listening to a podcast the other day and 
Uh, it was not one of ours, so it's not. Not it wasn't. Obviously, it wasn't this good. Um, yeah, sure, it was, sure. Yeah, yeah. Know, it was. It was okay. Anyway, but they were they were taking time out of out of their time to get to know each other. Obviously, the three of us we have spent a lot of time together. Right. We meet each week, and and mm-hmm. because we have to deal with things as far as um, the service goes and the planning goes, all that kind of stuff. But um, but as we're getting to know Lauren and his childhood a little bit better, uh, what what just popped into my head like. They were taking time to say, okay, well, let's make sure everybody else knows us, and and so maybe we can do this a little bit more often, but I was curious. I wanted to ask you a, a, just a random question, because um, what, what a couple of questions. What was your most edge-of-the-seat um, sporting event that you've ever been to? I'm just curious. Oof. This is like, man... This is like you're you're biting your nails. You're nervous for anybody that's out there. Maybe it's your team. Maybe it's not. What was that? What can you think of one? What I can think of one, but it's just because basketball's been on my brain recently. And this this is not fun for everybody. But I'll just be quick and real. When I was in college at Baylor, we were mediocre at basketball, and uh, Arkansas Razorbacks were the number one team in the country. Uh, Nolan Richardson was the coach. Okay. I forgot what the term was. They just oh they called it uh, forty minutes of hell. Okay. I think they they just pressed everybody. They stole the ball from everybody. They ended up winning the national championship. We don't use that kind of language. Could you? They call they. Oh, okay. I'm quoting okay. them. They called it 40 minutes of hell. <laughs> <laughs> you made me say it again. Um, and they were so fun to watch. They had a couple first round draft picks that went in the NBA that year. Uh, and they came into Waco, number one team in the country, undefeated. And I was there, and we beat them, and we stormed the court. That's and cool. it was it was back and forth right down to the last possession, and I I've never had more fun in a sporting event in my life. Yeah. and I was I would love to have video footage of like nineteen twenty year old uh, yeah. Lauren just losing his mind. <laughs> you know, um, David Wesley was our point guard. He played for the Celtics for a little bit. Nice. Um, so that Tanner? was my, that was mine. Yeah. No, Tanner, I don't have one. one. I don't have one for like a, a well known team. Mine, like if I'm okay. if I'm if I'm honest, it's yeah. the team I played for, which was uh, Big Pasture Rangers. Big nice. Pasture Rangers, ba- rain- baseball. Rangers, I'm guessing. Huh? No, it was basketball. Oh, basketball. Okay. Yeah. So my yeah my town, my school. I love them, but like they don't really care about baseball. They care. <laughs> really, like, they don't care about baseball. No, they don't. I would have thought rural, rural, all rural about town. no, all about okay. basketball, um, and uh, baseball is my favorite sport. That's mm-hmm. what I was better at um but i got to be on a really really good basketball team um for the for the class side school that we were um and we are moments away from going to the state tournament um and it's like one of the closest games we've played up to that point i think i'm a junior um and it's like we come, we're coming down. It's it's one of those buzzer beater kind of like we're coming down to the end of the line. Mm-hmm. The other team has the ball. They're coming down the court. We get a block, um, and we hold the ball for a few seconds. And all of us on the on the bench, we're standing up because you know I rode the bench uh, for those uh, for that team. Dude, we had our own handshakes and everything. I Dude, get it. it was like I get it. Yeah, and so and we just it's the first been the first time that we went to the state tournament since like 1989. Right, um, and our school just lost their minds. We lost our minds. That's fun. It like it was just that's awesome. My some of my best memories is playing. But ba- I'm oddly enough was playing basketball with some of my best friends and. Uh, 
we had, I think if you ask any of us that were on those on those teams, uh, we had a really cool, really awesome coach, uh, coach Coach Gable, yeah, uh, Nick Gable. Um, he coaches for Duke. He actually coached, um, well. Duke, Oklahoma. <laughs> like, come you on! You totally now. had all of us listening right now. Oh, jaw no. dropped. Dude, coaches was Shashevsky. So but hold on, hold on, hold on. He's so, taking over for Mike. Yeah. So, but he over for so he coached. So he coached. He coached the state championship team last last year for Oklahoma. There's no recovery from uh, that. That's good. Sorry. And uh, but he actually has um, one of his students who graduated last year plays for ACU, and so I got to watch them. That's cool. Watch, oh, I remember you watch his that. player. That is cool. That and, is cool. Uh, right. It was it was it was cool to to see that happen. That's but. awesome. You did make me realize that I was thinking about taking my wife uh, on one of our anniversaries coming up to Italy. Texas. Texas. Right? Texas. Yeah. Right. We're yeah. Paris, man, we're going to Paris. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> or Paris. Yeah, 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 yeah. Texas. <clears throat> Texas. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's only so hours. bad. You totally had me. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Shashevsky and the to Blue do. Devils? Yeah. And your coach? Yeah, no, not that guy. No, but that's he's cool. Good. That's a fun memory, though. He's cool. Dude. It's great. Yeah, it's, yeah. some of that. my best memories uh, growing up. Yeah. And uh, still, we get to talk about all that stuff, and it's good stuff. What about that's you, awesome. Brooke? Yeah, I... Um, uh, I got a chance to go to an OU OSU football game Ooh, in Nor- in Norman Bedlam game in Norman, uh, which it's always hard to get tickets to those that kind of yeah. thing. And, but I, I I decided that it would be smart to take my wife uh, because she's an, she's a big OSU fan. Well, I, that's not true. At the time, she was a bigger OSU fan. Now she really doesn't care. But um, <laughs> but I'm a I'm a very very big OU fan and mm-hmm. already always have been. But so we were going to the game and and it was it was. Uh, uh, I forget the year, like 2017 or something like that. And they went to double overtime and OU won on a breakaway uh, running play. Like he just busted through the line and wide open. And the like, I've never seen, like I have been to games. Yeah. I went to game there when we rushed the court, we rushed the field and tore down goalposts after we beat Nebraska for the chance to go to the, to the, to the, uh, the orange bowl for the national championship that we won. Like I was there for that one. I rushed wow. the field. I got pepper sprayed. I got, I pulled down a goalpost. Like that's so I've funny. been a part of that. Right. <laughs> but this game was like, it was like, it was absolutely nuts like yeah. the entire place just like you said just loses your mind like right. it is insane yeah and i remember like and and normally it's like people start filing out it's like yeah yay we won like it's cool great yeah. and then everybody's leaving but this game like nobody it's left like it was yeah. just chaos the music is still going everybody's jumping up and down and throwing things and there's you know drinks up in the air uh-huh. and all this kind of chaos and and then I look over and I was like, "Oh right, I brought my wife to this. We gotta go." It's <laughs> like, "You ready to go?" Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, kind of like a game I went to. Um, I went to uh, Baylor OU game with no, no, with Lauren this one time. That, that was oh, it was yeah, not nearly yeah. that, but it was kind of the same feeling at the end where I was had like, "This terrible like, drive home." So Lauren, you ready to go now that you guys lost? That was terrible. That was fun. I don't okay, know so about but hold on. So <laughs> I have to say this. I have to say this because I am a long time OU fan too. Right? And I'm embarrassed to say I've never been to an OU. That's game. not an embarrassing thing. It's expensive. Like I have, like, I have I've been never, privileged to get to go to a bunch of those. games. I've never gone to a so football maybe game. maybe I can never maybe gone to a baseball game. Never gone to a basketball game. All it's right. Awful. So more serious question: What are you okay. reading right now? What am I reading? Yep. Uh, I'm still reading Tattoos on the Heart. We talked okay. about that I think two yeah. or three weeks ago. Um, and by still reading, like I've I've only picked it up once <laughs> since then, and I, I really want to finish it. 
Um, I got a new book by uh, Rich Stearns that okay. I'm excited about that I just dove into. Uh, he's the former CEO of World Vision, and um, it's called Lead Like It Matters to God. You're looking at me. Funny. I, I just I just read a book that he was involved in, and I he can't... read he wrote the hole in the gospel. No, which was a a big seller. No, maybe it was an, maybe it was a, a podcast interview or something like yeah. that. But I just listened to I just listened to that guy talk. So that's cool. I, I, you know I'm glad you asked me that because there's mm-hmm. there's two things about him and this book that have got me have grabbed me already. One is as the long time before he was was the CEO for World Vision, which right. is an incredible international ministry to help. Christians and anybody else who wants to partner with them and take care of kids mm-hmm. and hurting, mm-hmm. impoverished, malnutrition, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, in the name of Jesus, and they've done it worldwide for a long time. We've they got do, a couple of those. Kids. They well, do a great job. To. I think we have we're, one we're more connected as a family to Compassion, Compassion International, right? yeah. but it's a similar ministry. Right. And he talks about um, two things I want to bring up. He talks about how he was the CEO for Linux, which. Um, if, if any of you are familiar with Linux, it, they make fine china. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think I think our our china from back in the nineties when I got married, you know, on our registry was from Linux, but it's just super expensive, fancy, you know? right? And he said, I took the job uh, with World Vision, and I went my last day. I'm trying to sell two or three hundred dollar place settings to rich people, mm. and the next day I'm on a plane to Uganda, wow. where I end up holding dying children in my arms. Oh my gosh. He said it just changed my whole life, you know. The well, in his interview leading up to it, he was like trying to convince them that no, I'm not the right I'm not guy. The for right this. Guy. I'm not the guy yeah. for this job. Yeah. And they were like, No, we we think you're the right guy. He's a phenomenal leader. Which he was awesome. already involved with World Vision at some significant level. But then the other thing that really is 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 why I picked up the book, I'll be real with with you guys and with our listeners, is um he just talked about we've gotta lead for the audience of one. You know, we, we're not we're not leading and trying to scratch people where they itch. Uh, we're not trying to do the popular thing. Uh, faithfulness in in every endeavor, <clears throat> in business and every other way, especially when we're serving people, and I think especially when we're trying to lead the local church, it's got to be what does the Lord want us to do, and and let's go for it. And what that leads to from a success standpoint is not what matters, right? you know? And so I grabbed that book. I heard him talking on a podcast and he, he was talking about back in the, I think he became with, I think he came on with world vision in 98, 99, but early two thousands, he was just very convicted with what he saw globally with the AIDS pandemic. Yeah. That world vision needed to lead the way Mm. in, in how they minister to people. And everybody on his board was like, no, 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 That's, that's, the homosexual community, that's not, we're talking about loving on kids and helping, helping kids. And he's like, uh, let's go back to the scripture. It's widows and orphans and look at how they're being impacted by AIDS. Right. Uh, regardless of how it came into their family or came into their village, this is an epidemic beyond anything we've seen and we've got to help. And they pulled their donors to see if how donors would respond to hey let's what if we channel more of our funding and more of our efforts toward the AIDS pandemic, three percent were in favor of it, mm. and he still said no. Nope, this is what the Lord wants us to do. That's wow. And the rest That's is condition. history. They ended up partnering with, you know, with President Bush, with with Bono, with say Bono with, probably with all kinds of governments all over the world. Um, I mean, 
you could argue hundreds of thousands, if not more, yeah. uh, people have been blessed by their work and, and in a lot of ways led led the attack on AIDS mm. uh, from a from a Christian ministry standpoint. So it, his book, you know, Lead Like It Matters to God, I'm like, ooh, that's yeah. a word I need to hear today and tomorrow and the next day. Coming out of the pandemic in our polarized, uh, increasingly polarized culture about things, um, so yeah, that's a yeah, long answer cool. to what I'm reading. Tanner, can you top that? No, <laughs> no, but I do have one. Cool. Uh, aren't but, you, re- aren't you reading I'll... Little Women again? Yes, yes, that's it's my favorite. That's, that's... that's a bad example. I love that story so <laughs> much. That's world. a terrible example. I love Little Women. <laughs> no, I don't Conti- even know what that is. Continue. I don't even know what that is. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Sure. Uh, <laughs> no, what you were saying, you said. Uh, uh, like lead, like it's it's for an audience of one, that kind of thing. It made me think of, uh, made me think of, of just like this idea that you know, faith, um, believing what God's saying requires faith, but Ooh. to believe what the enemy is saying doesn't. Like it's really easy to believe the enemy because it doesn't require sacrifice ninety percent of the time, or it doesn't require some measure of success that we have in our heads. Um, but to lead. To lead uh, in honor of God in pursuit of what He was calling us to requires faith, which may not be the most pleasing thing to some. Nope. Right but on. Right uh, on. I'm I'm reading uh, "Building a Discipling Culture" by Mike Breen right now. Ooh, I really like Mike again? Breen. Have you again. Again, I have read it before. I feel like you've yeah. Is diving he, back is he, into he's it. British, right? Yeah, I really <clears> like him. Yeah. Um, so I'm do reading. You re- do you read it in a British accent? <laughs> I, the audiobook, yeah, yeah, because he reads it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but I'm reading, I'm re re reading that book um, because it establishes just patterns of discipling people around you that I just want to continuously soak up. Mm. Um, I want to, I guess, practice for the real thing. If that makes sense, like we talk about. I'm gonna use a terrible example, but it's on my mind. Uh, we talk about like in a vocal in a vocal coach setting, uh, you practice correctly so that when it comes time time to to mm-hmm. sing, you're not having to consciously think about how to perform correctly. Um, and so I'm re- reading this again because I want this to become second nature for me on yeah. how to disciple people around me and how to how to be a disciple even. Yeah. Um, so Mike Breen building a discipling culture. It's, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So I'm reading that. Yeah. I just, uh, so, I mean, you talked about tattoos of the heart. I just finished that couple, um, I don't know, a week or two ago. And, uh, of course I fly through, um, I fly, it I is fly impressive the amount of books you go through. <laughs> yeah, I do go through a lot. So I read that one. I read uh, Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert that uh, that our elder Wayne Waters brought up a couple weeks ago. Mm. Um, and I just, just finished a book called uh, The Crooked Path to Abolition that was about Abraham Lincoln's uh, journey to the uh, Emancipation Proclamation and just kind of the twists and turns and the political things that he said that makes everybody go, wait, what? And uh, yeah. so that was that was interesting. So anyway, I was just curious. Uh, thanks for indulging me and yeah, uh, sharing your, your intimate... Hey, can you give us at least a couple minutes on the book that, that uh, Wayne Waters recommended? Because I haven't read that. I haven't looked at it. I know it's a very different... I can. Slant on things, isn't it? Yeah, uh, so it's... it's, What was it called again? The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert, An English Professor's Journey into Christian Faith by Rosario Champagne Butterfield. Uh, So 
the um, it's a really long title. It is. It really is. Uh, and she has, you know, and she has three long names too, so that, that doesn't help. But so basically, it, it, it was it was about her. Um, what what it kind of was billed as was the the her conversion story. Um, but ultimately, that was kind of like only like a, like like the first third to half of the book, and then the other half was like a lot more of her theology and what has become after after that conversion. So so it was a little it was a little uh, that that took me a little while to get to get used to that. But she had some really interesting thoughts on um, on sin and the nature of sin, and I thought that was really healthy. And looking at the ways that you know her, the the sin of of like pride how that manifested in her life and how that helped her understand the things that she needed to do. Um, I, I did I did find it interesting that uh, she is um, she was not necessarily a from from what I gathered, it doesn't didn't seem like she was a lifelong same sex attracted person that she ultimately was just she wasn't attracted to men. And then she grew emotionally atta- attracted to to women, and that's where she uh, that's where she got started into her journey is as a a, a lesbian um, a feminist English professor professor excuse me I can't even talk um, so that was that was interesting in in hearing that um, I uh, I wrote down some notes and uh, I haven't read them in since then but. Um, let but me, she, go ahead. Let me ask you this: yeah. In light of because Wayne and I'm, I'm a little fuzzy because it's been two or three weeks since he was on with us here. Uh, what what made you go? Ah, I see why. As 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 one of our elders, mm-hmm. as a brother in Christ who's leading here at Colonial, <clears throat> I can see why this really means a lot to him. Like what jumped yeah. out of that that just affirmed Wayne's excitement about the book? Yeah, she she the way she approached her conversion and her. Um, her change uh, over over the course of, of time of her um, being you know living in a, a lesbian relationship and uh, being a part of the gay community and then and then making that change like she approached everything very logically it was very it was very intellectual uh, English professor like as she talked about things and this is like well this makes sense which makes a lot of sense because where with, Wayne's coming from with he's Wayne, a very right. logical thinker right yeah. and of course I have not talked to Wayne about this but that's that's the impression that I get from you know from the conversations that I have with Wayne they tend to be you right. know more intellectual conversations and and so I felt I felt like that was that was interesting that that's where that's how she approached it you know a lot of the people that um, a lot of the gay people that I know don't approach you know, being gay in the same way, they approach it very much as a, um, they've, they've always felt this way. They don't know anything different. It's not a choice that they made where she felt like she made a choice and then, and then later on came to realize that that choice was not, not a healthy choice for her. And, but it was really interesting from the standpoint of Mm. seeing hospitality. So she writes another book. Um, I can't, uh, uh, let's see, it was, um, further thoughts of an unlikely convert, but then she had another one that's called uh, The Gospel Comes with a House Key that's practically uh, practicing radical, ordinary hospitality in a post-Christian world. And so the ways that she is impacted by people that just loved her, Mm. that didn't require things of her, that didn't say, well, you're gay, so now you have to change in order to be able to come over and have dinner with her house or to... To uh, to come to church with us, like she was. That's one. That's one that I would be interested in reading. Right, and so I haven't I haven't gotten that far, but but yeah. so she she she's very impacted by a couple that just said, 
hey, won't you just come over and have dinner with us? And they just loved her. They they sat around and conversations with her, um, and from a very I think from a very intellectual perspective. And then as they as the, as she she later on she gets married. They adopt kids. Um, sorry to spoil the book. By the way, I was supposed to say spoiler alert. I forgot. Um, <laughs> my bad. But. Uh, but yeah, so just like her, her journey into hospitality is another thing that was really interesting to me. Um, and, and it seems like a lot of places where, where, I don't know, uh, Christians or, or we as a church tend to fail with, um, where we are, where we are right now in our society right now is we, we lose that hospitality side of things. And so any, we've talked about it before, like you have to lead with love, not with challenge. And we tend to lead with challenge because we haven't. We haven't practiced the love side of it, other than the generic. Hey, yeah, no, you're you're a a a, a person, um, yeah. you know, a, a creation of God. So I love you, and yeah. I don't have to like you, but I love you. And so we don't we don't know how to do that. I think on a lot. So I thought that was that was some really uh, really interesting things. Um, she has some um, uh, what I I believe is kind of funky um, theology, where she believes that. Uh, the worship that we that we sing should only be psalms. Um, there should not be anything that's what she said. Any man-made written songs, and I immediately paused the audiobook because I was listening to it and thought, so if we're only supposed to use the psalms that mostly David wrote, that was a human, but we're not supposed to use the human hymn songs that are later. So it was just like, uh, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they can be God-inspired back then, but they can't be now, apparently. So she had some funky theology in there, sure. but, um, and then she married the, she married the man that actually like introduced her to that kind of theology. So she's, you know, pretty deep in that, that kind of stuff now, but so yeah. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting yeah. book. So anyway, um, that's, that's enough of that. We got, uh, we got a bunch of questions. I want to get to those. We had Easter yesterday, so that's always good times. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fun environment to be in. It's the celebratory. We get to celebrate that from your perspectives as you guys are on stage and getting to lead us. Tell me about Easter from your perspectives. Quiet yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I contradicted myself a little bit. Uh, I'm leading and, and I'm talking to team and I'm talking to people, uh, even saying from the stage, you know, like... Um, just this idea that we don't get our validation from like people, but dang, it was good to have a bunch of people in the room. It was so fun. <laughs> I, I know exactly. I don't know how going. to. I don't know how to take the humanness out of that, but um, I think that's because if we can be real, we just didn't know. We had a couple hundred yeah, people here the week expect? before. We didn't know if. There's not very many people would be yeah. coming back, even with you know vaccinations and everything else, right. and Easter Sunday. But man, it was packed house. It dude. was really fun. It yeah. was but, fun. It was fun leading. specifically to sing. Like, oh, yeah. a couple times you step back from the mic and just to hear the chorus behind. Do you know me. how long it has been to, oh. uh, like, to There's be able to step back and just let together. let the unity of voices happen? Yeah. Um, we. Contrary to popular belief, the worship team does not like hearing themselves sing. Like <laughs> one of the worst things in the world is hearing yourself back to you. Mm. Like we love I as a worship leader in that moment just it's it's so much more fun to be able to set up a song and then just let the yep. room take it over, man. Yep. Um that was fun, man. It was really fun. I it's this balance between you know, there's a couple hundred people in the room, and there's a few people, uh, you know, watching online, and 
you try to about re- reconcile the balance between effectively leading both mm. people um, in both places. But dude, it was just so much fun. Um, it was refreshing remembering not have like I, there's several several of my friends who didn't have in-person services um in different parts of the country in different parts of the country there's some uh, a lot of my friends are up in Atlanta um there's some church great churches up there but they still have not like opened their building uh, yeah. they're doing some some that have done any in-person have been like outside activities but mm. to be able to talk to them and just see like um like we got to have people in the room uh and not everybody was able to do that um it's just it was just nice it was like thanks you know it was like a i looked at it as like a gift from god to me you know uh it was just really really fun so yeah i am curious of course uh you know what engagement will look like in the coming weeks sure uh in part because we know there's a lot of people who only come to church on an occasional Easter or Christmas Eve sure. or right. a special occasion. Uh, and so I'm sure we had a lot of folks with us yesterday like that. Um, but I also wonder if in this season, like you need one more excuse not to go to church, it's the pandemic. You need, so I, I wonder if a decent number of those folks who would only come to a special occasion are like, eh, let's just not go, you know? Right. So I, I say all that. Maybe the same message I need to hear is, you know, next week and the week after that and yeah. the week after that. I don't want to find my validation in how many people sure. crowd into our our right. auditorium. Uh, and yet, all at the same time, like cut ourselves some slack and go. It's just more fun with a lot of yeah, people. Absolutely. It's more fun to have community around you looking to Jesus together. Absolutely, every time it's more every fun, time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm not an anti-big totally. church guy. I love I love getting a huge crowd in a room and just worshiping and yeah. laughing together awesome. and nodding our heads together when somebody's reading truth or uh, there's something about that that's that's yeah. meaningful. So I had a ball yesterday. I was so, I was so fun. I haven't yeah. preached twice in one day in many months. Oh my gosh, dude! That felt weird. Two services. Twice, we are yeah, out twice of, in one day. We are just like. We're out of shape. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's word. Very much what it is. That's all I can say. It's a good we word. Out of shape. I went home and slept. Stamina and all, yeah, yeah. Well, I was in the I was in the broadcast booth doing sound for anybody that was online. Sorry if that was terrible. Um, that Dude, was I thought me. It, honestly, I thought it sounded really good. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But it was you know, so it's it's a different experience while you're doing that. Plus, I was I was online and uh-huh. and talking back and forth with people online, and you know, of course, I also had a I had a text message from Lori as something wasn't printing right, and so I had to, you know, I had to I had <laughs> come to bring, on, Lori. Had to bring, she never you know, can figure it, Lori. Or come on. Lord no, Tom, they, Lord Thomas is making the podcast I weekly. Oh, well, I just really wanted to work her in, see if I could get her in three weeks in a row. So maybe <laughs> next week somebody else can bring her up. But um, yeah. anyway, uh, so yeah, it was it was good. Um, we have we have uh, multiple questions that I want us to get to. Okay. Oh wow! Okay, um, I thought we were wrapping up. We got questions. Nah, I love we, it. We got some time. We got some time. Nobody's in a rush here. Uh, they can always fast forward or put us on like two times and speed through the first half of the podcast, <laughs> which they probably do anyway. There but, are. Um, yeah. Okay, so I wanted to say one thing is is for, for those of you out there that are holding back your questions, um, we are not necessarily the answer people. We just want to be able to discuss the questions, have some sure. of the, the things that we're that our community is thinking and thinking through, talking through, and to be able to do the same thing so that this is not just, oh, here's what Lauren and Brooke and Tanner or Jordan That's a great word. We, think. This is, we're not like the Bible answer men. Right. You know? it, this is more about dialogue. Yeah. 
But I also want to say, don't assume that somebody else is also going to ask the questions for you or that somebody, well, I don't, I'm not going to put one in because somebody else will have a better question than me. Hey, maybe, maybe they will, but maybe they won't. Maybe yours is a very relevant question. Um, maybe it's a bad question and I'll figure out how to rephrase it or something, but, um, we, but we, we want your questions and, and I just want that to be encouragement. Like ask your questions. Don't assume that somebody else is going to ask them. We may not have the answers for you, and we'll even say, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer." Well, and to that. they don't have to be like the most theological questions sure. either. They can be something simple. Like, uh, yeah, we're we're all we're all down. It can with be that. a curiosity, and also, I, I'm reminded you can send them anonymously. You yep. can make up. That's true. Yeah, we, we got a question recently from you know Joe Schmo at email dot com or yeah, something. Yeah, right. And so, <laughs> yeah, bring it. So anyway, okay. So the first question that we got this is this is a more um, random topic that it's we've had it for a while and I just haven't had a good time for it, but I wanted to get to it. So it says, "I grew up in a Hispanic Southern Baptist church where my dad was the preacher. We would be at church five days out of the week, if not more. And now that I'm grown and have moved, I've kind of lost that father son relationship with my dad because of my tattoos and my social drinking. So what are your viewpoints on both of those things, tattoos and social drinking?" And I know it's a controversial topic and would just love to hear different people's points of view on how the Bible interprets those topics and how the church feels, how our church feels about it. Ooh, wow, that's got like three or four layers. It does. It. it has layers. It's not just social drinking and all that, but it's not uh, just tattoos. But tattoos, but, but also like that's that is impacting the relationship, relationship with a parent. And son. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a big deal. So it's not just a brushing under the, you know, sweeping under the rug kind of a thing. So. I would actually love to to give you a few quick thoughts because I can relate to some of that. I think um, I did not grow up in a Hispanic Southern Baptist church, but I did grow up in a in a traditional, very conservative uh, Southern Baptist church tradition. I think I was just repeating myself there. Um, and and frankly, my parents were what what we would call teetotalers, so no okay. drinking, alcohol is bad. Mm. Uh, you could even argue our Southern Baptist tradition, you know, dancing is bad and playing with cards is bad and all right. kinds of stuff you can go back far enough and, and find. And you're, you like poker and to dance. I am a phenomenal dancer. <laughs> Terrible at poker, but he likes it, but a great dancer. No, I'm, oh my goodness, I, I dance like Elaine his from dancing, Seinfeld. His I'm, teaching his teaching dance classes, that's, oh, that's what funds his poker habit. Uh-huh. You know, his money. that may be where I revert to totally shy again <laughs> when it comes to dance opportunities. <laughs> no, I'm a terrible dancer, but I do like to play some Texas Hold'em. That's a different story. But I grew up in that environment where that was bad. That was all bad. And I wouldn't say it was terribly legalistic, but... Very clear understanding mm-hmm. from my parents and from the church culture I was in. Alcohol, bad. Yeah. Had nothing to do with 21 or older. It was alcohol, bad. Right. Uh, I even have memories as a kid of one of the men being asked to be a deacon in our church, which was a, a, a unique leadership role, as it is here. But even in that church, it was, it was a decision-making role. And he was a friend of our families. I was friends with his kids. And I found out that the reason he did not become a deacon is they said, you can't drink. And he said, I like a good beer. And they said, well, then you can't be a deacon. And he said, okay, see ya. Bye. (laughs) And so I even had these lessons along the way as a kid. Ooh, okay, they take this very seriously. Yeah. A whole other story is I grew up in Europe where there's no drinking age, and I got in all kinds of trouble. But that's that's more of a personal Mm -hmm. anecdote. What I understand from scriptures is that that's not in there. Alcohol is never treated as an evil in scriptures, in the scriptures. Uh, 
I think what the scripture teaches us is that we um, are never to get drunk. That's crystal clear in the New Testament because we are then no longer in control of our faculties. We're no, we're no longer able to make wise, God-honoring decisions that glorify Him, that honor the people around us. So I can land on that pretty pretty quickly theologically, that to get drunk is not what God wants for us to do. Now, where is that line on on having a, a quick drink and and getting that little buzz or whatever? I, I don't know. Um, that's That's very subjective. But we're also not supposed to put our toes over the edge of the Grand Canyon and mm-hmm. hope it's okay. You know, we, we need to stay a little away from, from yeah. the edge. Um, I think that tattoos, you know, there's, there's a, this is a good example of Old Testament scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple places that talk about, you know, we shouldn't have permanent marks on our body. Uh, but there's also all kinds of rules and laws, Old Testament laws, Leviticus specifically comes to mind, that we do not see as what God is asking us to do as New Testament Christians, as New Covenant believers. The big question is, well, why? Why that one, but not that one? Why that one, but not that one? And I think where I land, and one of the things I've, I've studied and really feel strongly about is, okay, what commands from the Old Testament have been repeated in the New Testament? Mm-hmm. What, what commands have been repeated by Jesus, repeated by Paul, repeated, repeated by Peter? Uh, there's some things like that that, okay, that's just a biblical principle that we're, we're not Jews, but we hold on to that truth from God. Uh, and then there's other, a, a, a litany of, of, I would call, very detailed rules that we just don't follow anymore, that we don't believe apply to us as New Testament Christians, which I realize we could talk about this for a long time, right. and we could get real detailed about some of those things. This, this actually applies to some of the conversation we've had recently about homosexuality, because there are things in the Old Testament that we say, hey, we don't even have to follow that anymore. So then people understandably get upset. Yeah, well, what about the Levitical law that talks about homosexuality being wrong? Do we throw that out too? Well, the difference is Paul talks about that in Romans, uh, that there are things in the New Testament that deal with that subject matter. So it really calls into question where are we finding the truths that we hold on tightly to as believers. The other two issues that come to mind from this question are, one, just because something's okay doesn't mean it's good for us. I love that Paul brings that up. Um, I think it's 1 Corinthians 6. It's one, of, it's one of the things that I think made the biggest impact to me on a young 20-something is when one of my mentors who was discipling me pointed this out to me. Just because the law, like the U.S. law for the country you're living in, says, okay, now you get to do this, now you get to drink, now you get to drive, now you get to do this or that, doesn't mean it's beneficial. Mm. Uh, Paul specifically quotes to the Corinthians who are very young in their faith, kind of a hot mess, these young uh, Christians making a mess of their lives, and says, hey, you say I can do anything I want because that's what the law says, but that does not mean it's what God wants you to do. It does not mean you're, you're a, a, to allow it to, to master you. So to me, that directly applies to drinking. It directly applies to anything we idolize, we, we turn into an idol, is like, okay, just because I'm allowed to do that, I can eat chocolate cake. I'm allowed to eat chocolate cake. It doesn't mean to eat a whole chocolate cake is what God wants me to do, you know, and that's a silly example. Right. But the same thing applies to me from the scriptures of drinking. It applies to, okay, how far is too far physically with, with you know, your girlfriend or anything like that. 
Um, and it really helped me as a young, growing Christian go, oh, you know what? Just because now I'm 20-something, I can do whatever I want, or just because the law says it's okay, doesn't mean that's what the Lord wants me to do. So I think of that even as I was growing up, and um, here's, a, here's a good example of how I'll apply this to father-son relationship. I remember when I decided, okay, I'm, I'm just not going to ever talk about drinking with my dad. I'm not going to have a beer in the fridge when my dad uh, comes over because I just want to honor my dad. He feels really strongly about this. And even if I disagree, it's more important to me, my relationship with my father, than that I get to have a drink. And so I have, I'm 51. I still have that attitude. Mm. Uh, I, I want to love my dad more than pick what I get to do. Um, so the challenge is, I guess maybe if you have a tattoo on the side of your face, that's going <laughs> to scream a little bit into your dad. You but that Mike Tyson. Yes. You know. Um, you know, but I have a couple small tattoos. I even tricked my dad into writing a Greek word uh, in his own <laughs> handwriting so I could put it on my forearm. That's funny. And it kind of freaked him out when he saw it later because he's <laughs> not a fan of tattoos. Uh, but I think that's a great question because I think it elevates, okay, where do we find truth from Scripture and what really matters? And how do we balance that or temper that with relationships matter more than anything? And so I just, I would want this question asker to honor his dad first and foremost, even if it requires sacrifice, it requires denying himself something he cares about. Uh, and then all at the same time, have the freedom as an adult. Freedom in Christ is not freedom to do what we want. It's freedom from the consequence of our sin. It's, it's freedom to be the people he made us to be. It's not license to do whatever the heck we want. I mm. think we, I think we really mix that up. Um, rant over. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I, I have, uh, I think, very similar thoughts on on a lot of the on, on both of those things. Um, growing up, not having, I don't, I don't remember having a lot of conversations about alcohol other than you know the negative effects of it. Um, and but but the, the you know then learning those kinds of those extra stories from somewhere else that like reinforce the oh you're not supposed to have a beer because that could disqualify you from something or that that's not okay you know so I think I think I had some of that out there um, and I think I think our I would say my relationship with my dad I think grew because I was maybe maybe dumb enough to sit down and actually have conversations about it in some cases where I disagreed and that probably didn't come across very well. Um, but we actually like, I, I started to understand where he was coming from, but I, I hear what you're saying as far as like, yeah, it's, it's not bad necessarily for me to go and have a beer. Um, I don't like beer. Uh, so I don't, and it saves me money, but, um, <laughs> but you know, so it's not like a bad thing for me to go do that. Um, or, 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 or whatever, but that if it's, what is it, what is it in Romans that it says, if it's causing your, your brother to stumble. Absolutely. Then, uh, then, then now is when we need to start paying attention to. Okay, well, what, are, what are my actions? Although they may be was it permissible, um, doesn't mean it's beneficial. Doesn't mean it's beneficial. So, well, you bring you bring up my friend RJ. We've had RJ uh, more yeah. than once on our podcast and in interviews this last year or two. Uh, you know, he's in I think he twelve years sober mm. uh, as an alcoholic. And, you know, paid the price to the extreme for his alcoholism, uh, lost his marriage, went to, went to prison, 
uh, because of multiple DUIs. Uh, there's we shouldn't leave out. You know, there are consequences to uh, to drinking to alcohol, especially for some who it's just it's a it's a overwhelming sickness. And I have to love RJ well. You know, RJ and I will hang out, and I'm I'm never gonna have a drink with RJ. I'm never gonna. He can joke about it now that he's 12 years sober, but um, man, just navigating relationships mm-hmm. and honoring people uh, matters. It really does yeah. in that context. Okay, so another question we got it says the uh, the word repent seems to have a negative connotation in the Christian world. Um, you mentioned in the context of choosing uh, choosing to go in a different direction, like that's when we repent, is you're choosing to go in a different direction. So what, is it, what does the process of repentance look like? Well, I'm guessing that the main reason that repent is seen as such a negative thing is because of the fire and brimstone mm. preaching that we're all familiar with. It's right. Somebody yelling angry that you need to repent. Not, not I repented or we're repenting, but you need to repent, you know? And so I, I, that's my guess as to why it's such a negative. The word itself is not negative at all. Mm-hmm. It literally means to turn and go the opposite direction. That's what the word repent means. So if I'm going east, it's, it's literally so a to U-turn. turn 180 degrees, make a U-turn and go the opposite direction. So it's to change the direction you're going. Your question again is what is it? What's, what's the last part? What's of your the question? process of repentance actually look like? Mm. I think I think it's it starts with an awareness of I'm going the wrong direction. I'm making a bad choice, or I have made a bad choice, or my heart is prioritizing the wrong things. Any of that broad category of of mistake of rebellion. So it starts with an awareness. It then leads to just a, an admittance of it. Of we're, we're, we're made in the image of God. There's a reason the Bible says confess with your mouth, uh, communicate with him out loud. Man, I, I am sorry. I regret this. This is not what you want for me. So it starts with that awareness. It leads to admittance. And then it, it, the messy part is it's, okay, Lord, help me choose differently, help me go the other way, especially in the sense that we know that the consequences of some of our choices in this life don't go away. Uh, Maybe to go right back to RJ, RJ has repented of the mistakes he's made. Mm -hmm. Uh, He still had to go to prison. He still lost his wife. He still has one of his kids uh, that he's got a much, you know, better relationship with with than the other because of the consequences of mm. his choices. Now, thankfully, repentance has led to complete forgiveness from God and restoration and hope moving forward. Uh, he's changed. The way he thinks has changed. But sometimes repentance doesn't include um, everything working out real well around us either. Yeah, I, w- I would... Um... I would say like the the process of repentance. We we kind of talk about this in worship school too. Uh, um, it does. Uh, growing up in a traditional Methodist church, um, growing up in the Bible Belt, there is this. Um, it seems to be, and I think you're right with this negative connotation on repentance. It's like you need to repent. We need to go back to Jesus. You know that kind of thing. And it's not. Um, it, it's it's actually a really beautiful word. That is <clears throat> wielded kind of in a wrong way. It feels like that's what we scream at the world. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, 
but so like this process of repentance, I think um, repent is like what's God saying to me, you know, like it's this, it's, you said this awareness, I would say like this observation part of uh, an act or a circumstance or whatever. There's this observation and reflection on those different things. And then like to get away from like the repent side to like even the belief side of, of this act of repentance, like discuss with some people that you trust and then develop a plan of, of changing that action, you know, or changing that problem or, 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 or even learning what you need to learn out of a circumstance um, and then make that action. Because I think only then can you go from, I think repentance is there for a, re, for a repent, being observation, reflection, discussion, that kind of thing, what's God saying to me, to the belief section, which is the, the trajectory, change of trajectory that you talked about, that 180, like how am I going to obey what God's saying, mm-hmm. you know, that would be like that uh, repentance process, I think, uh, you could call that discipleship. Okay, so that actually leads into the next question that I've got here. Um, as, as we talk about the awareness and the observation of, okay, I've messed up, as we, the, the series we called it Death to Life, right? And you talked about that pattern of, um, of going from death to life. So this, this question says uh, that Pastor Lauren mentioned in the sermon that when he experiences sin or a sin decision, he feels the death in it. So what would you say to those who... Uh, who may not be experiencing the death, quote-unquote, feeling when they make a decision out of sin? How can they experience this death-to-life experience in their everyday, in their everyday life when, uh, when they don't have that feeling that's, that's, that's really kind of driving it? Ooh, wow. Kind of getting back to maybe even the strongholds where we talked about yeah. in, in the previous series. Well, two, two thoughts. One is I do not think... You can be in community and not have that death feeling. There's no way I can be truly in relationship with a group of people and doing things God doesn't want me to do uh, without them. Clarify, clarify, because I'm uh, trying to follow your thought here. You're basically saying if you don't have this feeling, then it could be a good it could be a good assumption that you're not in a group of people trying to follow Jesus because I think that, that would lead you towards... Yes, I, I think actually have, and I have an even stronger statement. Okay. If you're not feeling death in disobedience, if you're not feeling death in rebellion, uh, in making bad choices, if you're not feeling that, that call it guilt, call it conviction, call it uh, uh, just a a splinter in your mind, then to me, A, you're not in community with believers because at least not for a long time, because what are we doing if we're not holding each other, you know, to, to faithfulness? What are we doing if we're not speaking truth to each other? And then even bigger statement, dare I say it, do you know Jesus? Like, (laughs) because I cannot relate, I'm just going to be honest with you. I cannot relate to someone who does not feel death in their sin. That's part of my understanding of putting my faith in Christ and having the Holy Spirit of God come and live in me. When I lie, when I am lazy, when I treat someone poorly, when I make a poor choice, now maybe I don't feel it in the moment, or maybe I'm I'm in total denial for a while, but I always come to a point 
where I feel like, oh, that's not what the Lord wants for me. Do you think, uh, do you think, uh, devil's advocate, that's one of your favorite things push to say, it, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> uh, do you think it's possible, uh, I think maybe this is how I'd say it, do you think it's possible to like um, be unaware of a sin? So like, uh, like maybe like new to sin. Yes. Like new to God, new to sin, therefore the conviction of said sin may not be may not bring this experience I, I of do, death. No, I do think um, part, of, part of that, if I can... Yeah, I, th- I think my quick agreement with you would be, I think it's a maturity issue. I think that if okay. I'm a very young believer, I'm new to my faith, especially if I've got a lot of old habits, then maybe that's, maybe that's fair, is that I'm, I'm just kind of oblivious, you know? But again, if you're, if maybe you're immature and you're not feeling it, but if you're truly in community, you're going to be around some other people that are going to be pointing that stuff out to you in love, you know? Sure. So that's, that's my thoughts. I take this with a grain of salt. If, if any of you are listening and you're really, especially you, whoever asked that question, if you're not really feeling that conviction, that death, then you're talking to a guy who, you know, I made a commitment 31 years ago to follow Jesus and I, I have, I've got a long way to go, but he has just grown me up so much that there's a lot of old habits, a lot of old sinful ways of thinking or choices that if I make those same choices now or thoughts that I used to have, they scream at me as not what the Lord wants. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's <clears throat> yeah. one way I can't totally relate to a young believer, a new believer. Yeah, so I, I think I wanted to jump in there on a clarification of when you say immature versus mature. You're not meaning an immature person. You're meaning really just Im- immature, being, meaning young in your faith, yes, young in your yes. walk. Oh, you can be 80 and, right, a and be immature. Baby. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that makes sense to me uh, in 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 this idea that you can be convicted. Uh, what? Yeah, it goes back even to like last week. I kind of asked the question: how much? How much? How much do we allow in truth of Scripture, truth of what's being said about in community with people, versus personal conviction? You know, maybe your personal conviction is not a feeling, even, but it's who's to say these people in community who are speaking truth to you True. isn't your conviction? And I think I think just to make it just to make it messy, yeah. I think we can we could probably look through history and see how many times has a group come together and said this is what God wants for us. Sure. And we would look back at that now and say, wow, they were so off. Right. But at the same time, you know, how many times do we justify, um, you know, we, we, we kind of rationalize ourselves into the, well, this is what, this is what the Bible, like, this is what God really wants for me, but we're really just kind of rationalizing something that we want or something mm-hmm. that we don't want to change in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why it brings back to, it can't just be convictions. It's got to be grounded in Scripture. It can't just be something the Bible says in this one part because we can we can poorly interpret those things. Uh, I I strongly believe being in community, despite what you just said, which is totally true. I just I feel very convicted that you know me and my Bible in the corner is going to mess it up too. Right. You yeah. know, I don't. Got, mean, I don't mean that as we shouldn't be in community. Right. I'm just saying that that can't be the only thing. Right. Right. It's a. That's that's a great maybe. It's both. Maybe yeah. Big picture. It's it's all those things. Yeah. yeah. It's it's grounded in the truth of scripture. It's it's trusting that God's going to keep growing me up, and the more mature I get in my faith, the easier that's going to be. Uh, it's also committed to be in community. That's why I I just I just 
do not understand the mindset of it's just me and Jesus, me and Jesus. I don't need the church. Right. No, we need to be in community so that we can hear the truth from others as well and be accountable and and encouraged. And um, I think I've heard you say it more than anybody else the last couple of years, Tanner, is do I trust the spirit of God in that person and that person and that person every bit as much as I trust the spirit of God who's in me? Right. That's a risky it's hard, stretch, yeah. but it's, it's true. It's true. You know? So it's all those things. It's yeah. a combination of those things. Yeah. To, to, to cut to the quick here, if someone says, I just don't feel bad when I make bad choices, I just don't feel that death that you've mentioned in your message of when I sin, then I would say, A, do you, do you know Jesus? Which is, I know, a really big question. <laughs> but, but, but also, are, are you, just can we just, can we just agree you're probably really young in your faith then? And, and the good news is God's not even close to done with you. He's going to teach you. He's going to change your, the way you think. He's going to change your character. And the things that I thought were so hard to avoid or to slip back into, those are not the things I struggle with today. I got new struggles. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but the things I thought were so difficult when I was 21, 22, and I was brand new Christian... Those things are not difficult for me now. Hmm. I've got new struggles that that God's helping me with. Good stuff. Well, as we uh, we need to wrap up as our tornado sirens for the beginning of the I week. What if they can hear that? That's kind of cool. <laughs> as the tornado sirens are going off, that's our apparently our alarm to say it's time to wrap up the conversation. <laughs> I'm going to use that as a sign from God and say, yeah, sure. well, He wants us to to pause the conversation. We'll pick it up next week. Um, Lauren, we started Death to Life this week. We are continuing Death to Life. I think that that makes a lot of sense when we talk about Easter. Where are we going from here with this series? What's it look like next week? Yes. Uh, spoiler alert. Ooh. The next three weeks, we're going to continue this Death to Life conversation. We have half a dozen colonial folks who have generously, vulnerably shared their stories, uh, just like we heard from Annalisa yes, yesterday. Yes, thank you, Annalisa. That was so good. Annalisa, mm-hmm. seriously, a gift to all of us to just be so real and honest about what God's done in your life and brought you through. Um, so look for, if nothing else, look forward to uh, hearing from a half a dozen of our folks with different stories. But we're going to broaden it. You know, Easter mm-hmm. was a great way to focus on the death and resurrection of Jesus. Of course, that's what Easter's all about. And it truly is death to life. The next three weeks, it's going to be death to life in a much broader sense. Uh, what does it look like for God to bring um, beauty out of ashes? What does it look like for God to bring uh, um, healing out of brokenness? Um, what does it look like for him to bring peace out of anger? Those kind of things. And so uh, I'm looking forward very much to hopefully um, all of our people just uh, relating to different aspects of, of God's transformative work in yeah. us uh, because of Jesus. So I'm, I'm really excited. We also have talked as a team, a staff, about really wanting, however long it takes, baby steps to become more and more of a storytelling culture yeah. here at our church. And so we're just scratching the surface. I mean, you saw Annalisa just read a one-page document you know, that she wrote. Um, we're, we're not getting super high production or, or creative with yeah, it, yeah, no. but I love that we're just trying to tell a few more stories. And my hope is that this series will even cause us to value that even more. And come summer, fall, next winter, we're just telling more and more stories about what God's doing. I think that goes every bit as far as some good sound teaching from a, from a pastor. 
Yeah, that's good. Well, we're sticking with our two services this weekend and for many more to come, yeah, I am do sure. It. And uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening in this week. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, thank you for your, com- for, your, for your questions, those of you that submitted questions. We really appreciate that. Uh, those of you that are holding back on us, don't do that anymore. Send them in. <laughs> make me have to weed through them and find the ones that make sense with what we're talking about for the weekend. And um, so, yeah, so we will... Um, we will wrap this one up. Send us a question, podcast at... Nope, it's... I did it again. You, uh, you, I totally screwed it up. What is the deal, man? I know. It's like I've never... Like, I don't even remember... I, I made up the email. I know I you totally, did. <laughs> Golly. Try again. Question. No, it is. It's podcast at clonechurch.com. I was doing it right. Uh, I, even, I even talked myself... I, I, man, I just... I just <laughs> I just got it all messed up. Podcast. Anyway, if you'd like to send a question to us, see, obviously we don't have the right answers. Yes, or you could also, if you have our Colonial Church app, you can go to the app and yep. on the space where it says connect, scroll down to the bottom, says ask a podcast question. Yep, you can do Click that. Click on that and you can do that. There. So podcast at colonialchurch.com. You can always leave us a review. That is always helpful for us and helps people be able to find the podcast when they're searching for it. And um, yeah, so we'll wrap it up. You guys good? Yeah. Rock on. Looking forward to next week. Can't wait. There he is. Um, Signing off. Eeyore says bye. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> You've been listening to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can send us your thoughts, your feedback, and questions to our email, podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick up the conversation again next week.